It is time for another Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan from Startups.com, joined as always by Will Schroeder, my friend, the founder and CEO of Startups.com. Will, it seems like as founders, we often find ourselves having to mold, shape, stretch the truth. Um, where's the line between forward-looking optimism and lying? Well, sometimes it's how it ends, right? <laughs> you know, where <laughs> Titanic's going down, right? And, and yeah. You got two things as the captain. One is, hey, we're going to make it out of this, right? Yeah. Lifeboats, no problem, right? The other is, don't sweat it. We're good. <laughs> right. That's straight All good. lying. All good. Because this thing's Just going down. Refilling the water tanks. No big deal. Right, right, right. And I, But I think it's the moral dilemma, right? That all of us have to deal with. And I think for first-time founders who are dealing with this kind of stuff for the first time, they don't know the difference, right? Yeah. In other words, they don't understand what optimism is. They assume that if I can't predict the future with absolute certainty, right? that I must be lying. And look, man, we're in the business of predictions. This is specifically what we do. Yeah. So we have to understand what that line is. You know, where is optimism? Where is just straight up Theranos untruth? Right. And how do we straddle that line? Or how, you know, what's our moral compass with this? And I think we could talk through a lot of examples of where that exists. All right, so before we get into this next topic, I just want to let you know, what we talk about here is like, 1% of the conversation. You know, really this conversation is going on all day long online at groups.startups.com where Ryan and I pretty much talk endlessly with founders about every one of these topics. So if by the end of this discussion, you like the topic and you want to dig into it a little bit more with Ryan and I, just head to groups.startups.com and we'll pick it up from there. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, this is this is sort of ever-present, right? Um, but ever it goes present. back to something we, we talk about as just a fundamental of, of building a startup company is that you're doing something that's not been done before, at least in the way that you're doing it, right? You're You're under these terms of extreme uncertainty, right? And so your ability to tell the truth about anything that exists from tomorrow forward is extremely low, right? And it's not right. because you're a liar. It's because you don't know and you can't, totally. right? And so, you know, I, we've talked about this before, but, you know, there's lots of different fuels in the entrepreneurial life, but optimism is one of them. Right. You, you know, you, you said this last week, week before we were talking and you said, you know, like, look, we, we have to be able to look forward with some level of optimism because if we just looked at the current state where everything that's <laughs> happened up until now, we'd be like, I'm out, right? <laughs> Not, I don't need any more of this. Um, so we have to be able to assume that there are greener pastures ahead. Uh, and right. so that's not lying to ourselves or anyone else. It's trying to project out what we want the future to look like. And then working our tails off to make it happen, right? This right. is this is the founder dilemma, right? <laughs> that what we want doesn't exist. We can't talk about what 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 exists because it's not compelling. The compelling right. part is everything we're about to do. It, but it keeps coming up, right? Yeah. Like, I and mean, this is, yeah. I think, this is where where founders get thrown off because they're used to working at a job where everything has kind of been planned out, right? They yep. show up, they do the same task over and over, they get paid for it, everything's been figured out already, yeah. right? We're in the business all of a sudden where nothing's been figured out. At every turn, we have to make shit up, right? Right. For example, we go into a client meeting, right? And the client says, we love, we love what you're pitching. Um, can you have it ready in three months? And we're like, 
I might be able to, right? Probably, maybe, kind of. I'll give you an example, like in professional services, right? Yeah. Fundamentally, if you're growing a professional services business, the only way to grow, by definition, is to be able to take on work that you don't have the staff for, right? Exactly. And so in order to do that, you have to be able to sit across from the client who's specking out work and say, yes, we can take this work on with the intention that you're going to go staff for it, right? right? Now, do you have those people right now that know exactly, you know, that have been ramped up, et cetera? You don't. You don't. But you'll always you be two people in a room, right? <laughs> Unless yeah. you make that additional commitment. Are you lying in that case, right? Yeah. You're lying if, if they say, do you have the people right now? No, we don't, right? If you were to say, um, can you get those people? Yes, we can. Now, maybe you wind up not getting them, right? right? You know, maybe you fall, fall down a, a, on your role. It's possible, right? But I think this is, this is where it gets really interesting. My intention was to go fulfill your request. Whether or yes. not I did yep. it isn't necessarily lying. Different it story. might be incompetence. Right? Right. <laughs> it might be <laughs> yeah. something else, right? But I don't think it's lying. Let me bring a really specific example. Let's go, let's go back in time, Will, to you know, when, when we were first uh, working on Fundable. It's 2011, 2012. Jobs Act is about to pass. Um, you know, the, the hope is that now with equity crowdfunding being viable for the first time legally, that all of a sudden we're going to democratize the funding space. Lots more checks are going to get written. Lots of startups are going to get funded. And of course we have to believe this. We want this to be true and we are working our butts off to make it true, right? We're, we're doing everything we can to have the platform ready, to have the network ready, you know, curate really good startups, get good deal flow. Equity crowdfunding turned out not to be the big explosion for funding that everybody hoped. Yes, some amazing outcomes happened. You know, we've, we've raised a ton of money on Fundable, but it didn't change the overall funding landscape in the way that we had hoped. Does that mean right. that we were lying to ourselves or everybody else? No, we were just wrong about what the future looked like, which is what happens most of the time when you try to predict the future. Um, but so, you know, and when we have myriad examples of this in terms of, you know, every startup goes through these cycles where you're making some assumptions about the future, you're building towards that, you're telling clients the types of outcomes that you're going to try to create, and then you're doing everything you can to make that true. And as long as the effort aligns with the intention and that you're actually trying to do that, nothing wrong there, right? You're doing everything you can. Well, he, here's where I think that folks get it hung up all the time, right? We prep folks to do things like go to raise capital. And I hear yeah. this every single time because we're talking about the financials. And they said, well, how can I possibly go in front of investors, take their money and tell them that I'm going to be a hundred million dollar business in four years, right? I'm a, I'm a zero million dollar business right now, right? How could I possibly make that commitment, right? <laughs> right? Wouldn't I be lying to them, right? The answer is no, right? With, with, again, this is one of those situations where as founders, we have to understand that what we're trying to do, our intention matters, right? Yes. Our intention is to build toward the future. Our intention is to build things that do not exist right now. And the only fuel for that is optimism, Yeah. right? And, and I, I don't want to confuse optimism with being untruthful, right? Again, no. but it's so important for us. So when we sit down in front of an investor, let's say we're talking to a venture firm, and we're talking about the fact that we're going to be $100 million business in four years. A couple of things that are worth noting. Number one, the people that we're talking to know damn well that probably won't happen, right? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Just to be clear, right? It, it, you know, people think, what, you know, 
what if the investors give me all this money and I don't become a hundred million dollar business? It's like, dude, they're not dumb. Right, right. right. <laughs> they it's know it. that. Yeah. They say, but I promise them. Right. They right. didn't believe you. Okay. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> it's all right. They knew better. Here, here's the thing. What people, what folks need to understand is what we're pitching is a potential outcome. Yes. Yep. Right. It's like when we get married and we take our vows, right? Do we vow that there's no other outcome, even though the divorce rate's north of 50%? Yeah, right? Right? No. So death do us part. Or you right. turn into a total asshole or I do, or we both do, right? <laughs> very specific, right? <laughs> yeah. Like we have to understand that um, if, if we are going into these situations and we go into a lot of them, that's why, yes. that's why I want to you know dig into it. Quite literally every day. Situ- oh my God, right? All of our situations are going to be based on a bunch of different outcomes where yep. we're working toward the outcome that we're all hoping for and talking about, right? But we have to understand that nobody on the other side of us is saying, oh, I guess that's the only thing that's going to happen. And if yep. they do, or if we're concerned about that, a cool way to kind of like to, to bolster that is to say, look, here's where I'm headed. Here are other outcomes that are possible, right? Yeah. A common one. We're trying to raise our next round, right? We have runway for six months. If we can't raise our next round, yeah, we're probably not going to be able to make payroll, right? Yeah. But the goal is to try to, I think, I believe we can get the round uh, put together inside of six months. Does it mean it's absolute certain I would stake my life on it? No. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. It's everything that we do, dude. Everything that we do is based on here's where I'm trying to go. Here's where my efforts will go. But there's no certainty in what we do. And I think that's what's throwing people off is they, they think they must have certainty in order to chart that course. Yeah. No, it's just, it's not possible and it's not expected. Right. I think there, there are some expectations when you're saying things to people and you're leading with optimism, there's, there is a reasonable expectation that it's not blind optimism. And that's where being able to present those alternate scenarios both protects you and gives you credibility, right? If you say like, we're going to attempt to raise our next round, we think we'll be able to finish it, you know, within the next six months, um, which will line up with the end of our runway, which will be fantastic, right? And that's what we're going to try to do. Um, That may not happen, in which case we would not be able to meet our current expenses. And so here are the other scenarios that come up in that case. We will cut expenses. We will mothball. We will go get side gigs, whatever. And here are the other outcomes, right? So I think that when you present um, optimism, it has to be measured, right? If you're just simply saying, I want this to work so bad that I'll ignore the other potential negative factors and any other outcomes. And this is the only, it's this or, or, or nothing, right? Um, and often it really is the case that it's this or nothing, but you can't be blind to those alternatives and you can't obscure them from people who are putting their trust in you. So as long as you're not doing that, you're on good footing. Now, as things progress and you start to work towards those outcomes, these things that you've said you want to see come true in the future, they may not, even though you're taking good actions. As long as you're taking good actions, you're still in good shape, right? If you fail, that's one thing. But if you fail to act knowing that failing to take that action is going to impact that income, now you're not in good footing, right? Now you're doing something that's untoward and you shouldn't do that. Uh, But very rarely do we find founders who are just like outright saying, you know what, I just don't care anymore. I'm just not going to do the right things. Like we, we ride, we are the captains on the ship, right? Um, We, we ride that analogy all the way to the bottom of the sea sometimes. And, and I think that comes from that optimism, that hope, that desire 
so strong to make these things true uh, that, that we will ride these things well beyond the point of no return. Um, and that is kind of the expectation, right? Right. I also think there's a massive cost to not understanding how important optimism is. Yeah. I'll give you an example, yep. right? Uh, back in the day, I'm starting my first agency. And um, I remember going into, into a meeting and a client says to us, you know, can you get this done? And I thought to myself, I remember I had this moral dilemma, right? And this was the first time I was like 19 at the time. And I was like, huh, I actually don't know that I can get this done, right? <laughs> and you remember, yep. remember those old cartoons where there used to be like an angel on one shoulder and a devil yep. on oh, the other yeah. sh- shoulder? Yes. And the angel's like, we can't possibly say that we would do that. And the devil's right. screw it, we need the money. <laughs> <laughs> Um, But I remember specifically having this this dilemma, thinking to myself, well, if I say no, I can't do it because I've never done it before, then I'm certainly lost. I have no opportunity to make this work. Yeah. But if I say I can do it and I fail, then I'm going to feel like shit too. Here's what I learned. As founders, as I, that would be a very powerful lesson. I said yes to the project that, that wound up being, you know, one of many commitments I made that, you know, grew a huge agency. Um, as a founder, you have to be able to, to, to stand behind your optimism, yeah. right? So important. At, uh, a few years later, we would have uh, a huge company. Remember, Eli Lilly come to us and say, hey, you know, we want to award a contract to you. I think we had 50 people at the time that would require us to have 250 more people than we had today, right? Five times the staff. 500% expansion? Yeah, no big right. deal. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and they need that, that all to happen like within a year, right? Right, oh my God. Now, now look, that type of growth, that type of everything was absolutely unprecedented. I was 22 at the time. My business partner was 26 at the time. We clearly had no experience right. whatsoever in doing right. this, okay? Scaling so let's, just, let's start to add these things up, right? We have yep. no experience in doing this. Um, five times our size. They knew how big we were, by the way. Five right. times our size is just a massive undertaking. Um, that's a hiring a new person every business day for a year, right? Um, and sourcing all the people, et cetera. Um, and then not just hiring the people. You have to actually do the work, right? That's an yeah. important part of this, this whole hiring thing, right? <laughs> yeah, so you right. Gotta, that's just hiring sure people. That. You got to hire people that actually get the job done. Yeah. yeah, and so you actually have to deliver on the proposed schedule. And so at that moment, if we were to take uh, the angel and devil again, right? And the angel says, you know what? We've never hired that many people before. We've never done this scope of work before. Um, this, this certainly within our wheelhouse of being 22 and 26 is way beyond, you know, what we yeah. have the skills for. Thank you, but no thank you, right? And, and we would have been correct. All those, all those statements would have been yeah. true. That's the thing. They're, they're both telling the truth, right? The, the voices in, in both ears are each telling their own truth. Right. The and devil says, okay, so, so, so the devil says, if we get this right, if we commit, if we stay behind this commitment and we see it through, this will fundamentally change our lives. Yeah. Right. So let's do that. Let's commit to this. Let's get behind it and let's deliver. Yeah. To your point earlier, we may fail and failure is a different outcome. But if we, if, if we don't even try, right. Yeah. If we don't even step up and say, okay, I'm going to give it a shot, we cannot grow. And Correct. I see this with founders um, around client engagements. I see it with founders around raising money. They don't understand how they have to use optimism in their willingness to try in order to grow their business. So they go nowhere, which I think is yeah. much worse. You know, by the way, I just want to mention if 
what we're talking about today sounds like the kind of discussion you wish you were having more often, you actually can. You know, we're online all day, every day, working through exactly these types of topics with founders just like you. So any question you would have or maybe some problem you just want to work through, we're here and we love this stuff. And we're easy to find. You know, head over to groups.startups.com and let's just start talking. Yep. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's funny, but there's so many, so many analogies here, but I remember, uh, my, my hardest of the, the hard nosed coaches that I had growing up. Um, he, he came to me at one point and he said, you know, you need to be taking more shots. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I get that, but you know, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not feeling confident. He's like, I need you to be confident. I need you to shoot more. Right. I just yeah. need you, you need to be in order to score, you have to be willing to miss. Right. But it's like Wayne Gretzky. Right. I miss 100 percent right. of the shots I don't take. Um, and that was his point. It's like you have to be willing to miss in order to score. Right. You right. can't be certain that you're going to score. You can be certain that you won't if you don't take the shot. And I think that is this kind of the driving force behind making these decisions. Um, funny enough, like my 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 agency uh, you know, launched a couple of years after yours uh, started with a moral dilemma. Right. It actually began with with a question that I answered um, in, in that same fashion, which was that, you know, I ran into somebody, uh, who, who needed uh, a website built for a business that, that they uh, were working for. Um, and they knew me as a technical person, right? Just, uh, this was a, a high school and then college connection and came to me and said, you know, Hey, uh, we, we need a website done. Uh, you, you, you know, computers, right? Can you build us one? And I went, well, I've looked at HTML code, <laughs> you know, I, right, I have right. a, a rough understanding of what goes into it. And, and keep in mind, the web was a lot less complicated back then. So you could actually still be a full stack developer, um, which meant knowing one language at the time. Uh, and, and so <laughs> I, said, I said, you know, when do you need it by? And they're like, well, it, within, you know, uh, we've got about 45 days. And so I said, yeah, we can, we can get something going within that time frame. And I immediately left. Will, you'll, you'll like this. I went to Micro Center. Um, went to their, you know, their, their book section and grabbed the O'Reilly's on HTML and, and yep. spent the weekend learning how to code a site and within two weeks delivered one to them. Um, but I absolutely did not know how to do that when I said yes, but I was sure that I could figure it out. And, and it was that certainty and optimism around my ability to do that that led me to then launching the agency and, and continue to do that for a number of years um, before, before selling it. But, you know, it started off with that moral dilemma around I'm being asked to do something that I don't know how to do but I am more certain that I can do it than I am certain that I can't. So I'll try. Well, let's, let's flip it around. Let's talk about the other side of the equation, which is just straight up lying, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so here's where it becomes straight up lying. And I'll, I'll give two comparisons, right? Um, you're about to uh, talk to your, address your employees, right? You've got six employees. Yep. Times are tough, right? Revenues aren't coming in the way they are. Uh, you're not sure we're going to close your round, et cetera. And the folks said, are we solvent? You know, you know, should I be looking for another job? Right. Angel and devil, right? A Angel is like, we should tell them we have no money in the bank. <laughs> right. Like, that's the, the honest yeah. one. Right? And the devil's like, hey, we might raise around. Right. You know, we might. let's push it. Right. This is where lying comes in. Right. If we know we don't have the cash to pay them, that's lying. When yeah. you communicate a hard found untruth. You're captain yep. on the Titanic and people say, is the ship going down? And you say, no, right? No. That's not optimism. No, <laughs> The no. ship is absolutely going down. And, and this is where I think uh, founders get themselves in a really tough spot, right? It's Elizabeth Holmes at Theranos, right? Oof. 
She was hoping, of course, I mean, she was hoping she would build a better product, but she knew, she straight up knew that the product didn't work, yeah. right? And she told people the opposite. That is not being optimistic, no. right? The, the part where you say the ship is not going down is not optimism if it's, un, if it's sinking. Now, maybe you'll correct it. Maybe you'll fix it in the future. And at that juncture, when you land the round, whatever, then you can change your statement. Say, hey, I think we're okay now, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. At which point you patch the hole in the, in the Titanic and it's now sinking or floating rather, then yes, then yes, yeah. you could be optimistic. Until then, it's iceberg to the bottom. Right, right. We're going down. You can always come back later and say, hey, we fixed it, right? That's Correct. okay. You can do that. That's not lying. Uh, that's a new truth. Yeah, I think that, you know, you, you, it's, you, you said it, right? It's knowing, right? Knowing facts and misstating right. them is lying, right? If you're talking about something forward looking, you can't really lie. Now you might bend the truth, but uh, or, or be overly optimistic. But the minute you start to take existing facts and obscure them from people or change them, that's lying, right? Yep. You, you can't 100%. say we raised a million dollars last year. If you didn't, you can say right. we're going to try to raise a million dollars yep. next year. That's okay, right? right? One of those is a lie. One of them isn't. Um, and you know, I think that for for most of us, this is fairly clear. I think these 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 sort of very you know binary situations are, are very easy. It becomes more of a challenge when the the situations are you know. At what point do we do we temper the optimism with truth, particularly when we're talking to stakeholders, right? I think you know as we're pitching big vision, that's one thing. But you know, when we use the example like you did before around something like payroll, right? This is really important to the people who are going to be faced with this, right? Whether our product eventually lives up to the future vision that we have for it will change people's lives, right? Um, whether it works out or it doesn't, there'll be different outcomes, but that's kind of far off in the future. When we're talking about the next payroll, that's very, very different. And I think that we have to be really careful about confusing when and where optimism can be applied, right? There are times right. where we, we can't be optimistic. Like when it's next Monday, there's not room for optimism there, right? When it's a fair certainty that things are going to go sideways, we have to be communicating that with honesty, right? That, that the, the angel has to be the louder voice in that case. Well, in, in many cases too, like as much as we may want it to be true, yeah. there is a point where we just have to suck it up and say, it's just not. It's not. An example, you know, going back to the agency world where the client says to you, well, have you ever done work like this before? And you yeah. haven't, right? You just right. haven't worked on that type of work before. You can't say yes, yeah. right? That's lying. I mean, yeah, you could right. do it, right? but yeah. it's straight up lying. You should feel shitty about that, right? Yes. And so- from the, the founder's standpoint, we're always in this, this kind of, you know, consistent moral dilemma where it's like, well, should I stretch the truth a little bit so that I can get the work and then I'll make it, I'll make it right and I'll do it. You can, right. But that's just actually not okay. People do it all the time to be clear. Yeah. Right. It gets, yeah. it, there's no lack of it, but I think what we're talking about and what I want to zoom in on a little bit is consequence. True. What is the consequence of me stretching that truth a little bit. What is the consequence of going beyond optimism, right? For example, if I say, hey, I'm gonna raise some money from friends and family, right? Obviously there's consequence that I can't pay it back. These are personal relationships, et cetera. Right. But the difference between taking their money optimistically and trying to build something and straight up defrauding them is yeah. pretty significant, right? right? Straight up defrauding them was, I was supposed to use your money to do X and I actually used it to do Y right? I was supposed to use your money to go build my startup. 
and I actually used it for personal expenses, right? <laughs> yeah. That is not optimism. No. Right? No. Um, it, it, but, but I think it happens enough. Um, Kickstarter was like, beat to hell with this, right? Here's what happened. Yeah. And it's just it is such a beautiful example. Uh, folks raise money on Kickstarter, right? And what is it? It's the promise that I'm going to go build whatever it is. Yes. That all you idiots just gave me money for. I'm idiots. I'm kidding, right? But like, you know, supporters there. But I may not make it happen, right? Now, right. here's what happened. A million projects got out there with all the optimism in the world, right? Very few of them actually became what they said they were going to become. Yeah. And now the supporter group come out, comes out uh, with pitchforks. And right. they're saying, like, what the hell? You lied to us. You defrauded us, et cetera. Right. How will I live without my Pebble watch? <laughs> exactly, right? Now, here's the thing. Did the founder defraud people? Not if they tried to do what they said they were going right. to do and they failed at it, right? right. And it's, it's okay to raise your hand and say, look, here's what I tried to do. It didn't work. Here's the bet I made. It was the wrong bet. I was wrong, right? Yeah. It's different than saying, you know, I said I was going to make this bet, and I just didn't, right? I yeah. told you I was going to go this direction, and I just didn't, right? Yeah. I went another direction. That's a huge problem, right? Right. And we don't see it as much as people think in startups, but when it does, it's something we just want to stamp out as fast as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's rarely binary, right? I mean, it, it, if we go back to the Kickstarter example, we saw a lot of companies where they tried, right? They, they really did. Right. And they were just wrong about some of the assumptions. And then we saw some where it was like fairly gross incompetence, right? It was like, well, right. I thought I could get this produced for $5 a unit. Right. Well, did you ask a manufacturer before you told people what they had to pay for it? Well, right, right. No. Oh, okay. That's not all right, right? You can't allow thinking to enter the equation here. You got to, you have to know some things, right? You have to be able to project out a certain amount. But those cases were few and far between. Far more often, it was in the, the murky gray middle where it was like, well, you know, it, the, we, had, we had shipping delays, all right? Or we, you right. Know, we had to hold inventory and we got taxed on that. We didn't even know that was a thing. Um, and, and now we don't have enough money to actually deliver the product or whatever. Like there were a lot of those cases. Right, uh, but of most of them weren't, weren't lying um, and they weren't gross incompetence. They were mistakes in some cases. They were horrible surprises for the founders. Bad bets. Um, yeah, bad bets or just, you know, unforeseen consequences. And, you know, as they say, shit happens. Um, it, and it, it happens more frequently in startups than anywhere else I've found. <laughs> well, we'll st stick with that, though. Yeah. Figure this. Most startups fail. Most yep. restaurants fail. Most, you know, uh, most ventures fail. Yeah. Is that because we're just packed with liars across the board? That all of these people are just defrauding everybody and trying to, you know, fleece <laughs> right, investors yeah. and supporters and customers. No, yeah. no. Comes out, yeah. No. Right. There's a small percentage, a freakishly small percentage. And frankly, they get called out, right? That, that's where yeah. you're going to see your, your, your Dateline special on. Right. But for everyone else, um, they tried to go a direction, they worked toward the direction, and it didn't work, right? Yeah. That's okay. That is the business we're in. We're in a business of trying to make great expectations happen and usually failing along the way, right? Yep. So, so again, it's, it's not one for one. But the thing is, I think we have to be comfortable when we're making, you know, one of those, those big uh, promises, et cetera, of also being able to be on the other side to say, oh, I kind of have to own up to this at some point, <laughs> right? And I, I think that's very different than straight up lying and saying, dude, I just hope I don't get caught. I think it's different. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, again, it goes back to, to knowing, right? And intent. Right. 
right? If you're intentionally taking people's money with some certainty or full certainty that you're not going to be able to do this, right? If you don't believe in it, but you tell people that you do, quite obviously lying, right? right, and, right. and so, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of places that this can go sideways, but it really does come down to your intent. And, and I think it's important to acknowledge why we're talking about this today, because we see founders more often than not get caught up in, in not presenting, not taking enough of the optimism. And, and, you know, like to your point, like, how can I tell investors this? How can I get up in front of people in good faith and say this stuff's going to happen? Right. Um, well, it's exactly what it is. It's good faith, right? You're, you're, you're proceeding in good faith. They have faith in your ability to execute on this just like you do, right? Absolutely. If you don't, different story. But let's talk about why you don't have faith in yourself to do this thing, right? That, that's an right. entirely different episode. But um, assuming that you do, you shouldn't have misgivings about this. And I think that's really the, the point of this episode is to make people comfortable with the idea that there are two very different sides of this coin. There, there is truth and optimism and there is, you know, malintent and lying. Um, and as long as we're on the, the right side of that coin, we can feel good about presenting things that don't yet exist. Uh, another funny example, going back to when we first launched our, our consulting practice, um, Elliot and I had this sort of, you know, joking agreement that it was okay if he went and lied, as long as I felt like I could make it true. Right. So there was this like, <laughs> can we do this for clients? Well, not right. yet, but we'll figure it out. Okay. So right. go and present that. Tell them that, you know, the, you know, have we done it before? No, we haven't. We have to be honest about that. Um, but if they ask us if we can do it, we're going to try. We're going to try as hard as we have to, to, to prove that we either can or we can't. Right. And as long as we go all the way down that road and we do everything we can within reason to make it work, we can feel okay about it. Right. And, and sometimes you fail and sometimes you don't. Um, but to your point, that's sort of how you grow anything, right? We're right. in the business of venturing, right? Nothing right. ventured, nothing gained. Venture in and of itself is, it's inherently risky. We're doing something that hasn't been done before and we're going to find out if it works, right? And if we'll we don't extend fail. ourselves, <laughs> that's it, right? We'll probably yeah, fail, right? right? right. We're, we're more likely to miss than to score, uh, but we have to take the shots. I agree. Look, none of us are Nostradamus. Right. You know, none of us can accurately predict the future, but we're in the business of building it. Right. We have to be confident in ourselves that if we can't make the future happen and we give it our best, et cetera, and we have to be confident in making those predictions of what we think it's going to be. We just have to draw the line at never going beyond saying, I actually know this isn't true. Right. I know the money isn't in the bank. And when you asked me if it is, I said, yes, that's not okay. Right. We're okay to live on the side of optimism and try to work for it, but we can't be on the other side where we're just straight up, no, you know, we're lying. It's not true. And I think for most founders, the business that we're in, you know, we're generally good people that, that are looking to, you know, kind of build an optimistic future. And that's just fine. And I think as founders, we have to get behind that. All right. So that was fun. But let's actually keep this conversation going. You've heard what we think about this, but, you know, Ryan and I would really like to hear what you think. And we're online like all day long, pretty much talking about every startup topic you could think of from fundraising to customer acquisition to just really how to get all of this crazy startup stuff out of your head. And there's tons of other founders just like you. They're weighing in on these topics. So you'll get a chance to just hang out and meet some really smart founders. We're also super, super easy to find. You head over to groups.startups.com And let Ryan and I hear what's on your mind. Let's get to know each other a little bit. And let's just start having more of these conversations.